0: Hello and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today, we are joined by Katrina Albert. Hello, Katrina. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everybody. So, Katrina Albert, she, they, is a 35 year old educator who resides in the Bronx with her partner, cat, and two dogs. Originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania, she has been living and teaching middle school in NYC since 2015. Katrina is passionate about advocating for all marginalized voices, and this, along with her lived experience in a fat body, led Katrina. To to begin Fat Femmes NYC this past summer. Fat Femmes NYC is an organization for Fat Femmes and Them's in NYC that focuses on building community, advocacy, and fat liberation. Good morning. Good morning. Thank I, you so much. I love that. I love that Fat Femmes and Them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so good morning. So you um, are from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So your first job was in the office. <laughs> well, yes. I was uh, Michael Scott's assistant. Okay. And then you came to the Bronx. The show. Angie's looking at me confused. The Office takes place in Scranton. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a joke. I know. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. You work for? I, I get it a lot. I, I get it a know. lot. My sister went to uh, uh University of Scranton. So I didn't know that. So did my sister. Go Royals. Yeah. Yes. Uh, really. So yeah. I love Scranton. So welcome. Welcome. So. First of all, you are an educator in New York City. Yep. why did you choose to become an educator? What do you love about it? And what are some challenges about that?
1: Um, so I will tell you that growing up, my mom said I could be anything I wanted but a teacher <laughs> um, because my mom was a teacher and she knew how hard it was, you know that you're not always you're not always given you know the credit that you deserve as a teacher. Um, But somehow through like a long series of events and changing my major five times, I ended up in education. And um, yeah, I really love it. I actually decided, ended up doing it because I had such a crappy experience going through school, especially middle school. And so that's why I teach middle school.
0: Okay. What was your experience like? Um, A lot of being bullied. A
1: lot of being bullied um, for my weight. Uh, for being, you know, not cool, not one of the popular kids. I, um, I mean, I have so many stories, but it, it was just a lot. And I felt like there were no teachers that understood. I really felt like teachers either didn't know what was going on or didn't really care or want to get involved. So me becoming a teacher was, was that I want to be that teacher for my students that regardless of, you know, academics or what we're actually teaching, that they know that I'm there.
0: Right. And what are some challenges that you face with teaching right now? Oh. um, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, (laughs) I teach in Soundview in the Bronx, Mm -hmm. which is an area that typically has a lower socioeconomic status. Um, People in that area a lot of times due to, you know, like... um, systemic racism and things like that are kind of stuck in this area and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go with teaching in a low income school you know there's lots of just providing other things you know like I gave a student a toothbrush the other day because they came up and you know apologized that they couldn't brush their teeth this morning so it's a lot more sometimes than just teaching that I'm dealing with and that's you know part of what I really love about it and I love my kids they really become family I see my kids more than their parents see them any teachers do parents out there just know
0: that (laughs) right right (laughs) and also I think middle school because you know girls are getting their periods and Mm -hmm. they need sometimes they need you know they don't have what they need and they don't know what to do yeah that's that's a big
1: thing Um, And even, you know, even the boys, a lot of the boys are now starting to be into girls and they don't know how to express that. A lot of times they don't necessarily have that model that's teaching them like, oh, when you're attracted to someone, this is how not calling them names or like throwing things at them, you know, how to actually interact
0: with people, and you know, that's all middle school boys, right? That's a really tough, those are really tough years, actually. I'm, mm-hmm. I remember like hating myself middle school years, um, because and we're going to go into this. I am plus size, proud, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I always say, like, it was traumatizing shopping in, like, the early 2000s. Oh my God. I don't know how old you are. 35. Okay, I'm 33, and I just remember, like, that Abercrombie era. You oh, that? you walked into Abercrombie Hollister. Hollister, and they gave you dirty looks. Right, and, like, I remember going shopping with my friends, and, like, I would, like, used to go to Aeropostale, because I mm-hmm. was, like... The you know whatever the cool the the cool cool, I can't curse I was gonna say the you know but in the day the sugar (laughs) honey ice tea back in the day and I was like oh my god please please can I fit into an extra large I remember this Mm -hmm. so I think it's gotten a little bit better uh, shopping yes definitely so much better so much better I had
1: Lane Bryant Lane Bryant was my option which was like fifty year old women clothes when I was a freshman in high school. Um, No wonder I was picked on, you know, but there wasn't options. Now, mainly, I want to say due to the Internet, honestly, so much of this is due to the Internet that I can talk about. But we have clothes that are doing, you know, companies that are doing plus size clothes online so that people have access to that. Um, Clothing in store is still really difficult to find A lot of companies, you know, push plus size clothing, but they don't actually carry those things in stores. So it's definitely gotten better, but it's gotten better online. Hasn't gotten much better actually in stores. No, it hasn't.
0: And then I have a bone to pick because, you know, I do like Torrid. I don't know if you shop there. Oh gosh. Yes. But so expensive. Uh, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like I feel uh, petite there. Cause I am like a size one there. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, um, it's just so expensive. Like it's not fair. Like I always like you go to forever 21 mm-hmm. and you could get a shirt for like $5. Well, now is like inflation, maybe 10, right? Mm-hmm. There's no you know, if we want a shirt from Tord, it's like 40 friggin' dollars, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. The best
1: option for us for that is, like, maybe Old Navy, but I can't go into Old Navy. Old Navy only carries up to a size 2X in store. Really? They So they actually did, sorry, I'm... Talking bad about Old Navy right now. It's but all right. they did. These a are whole, just the opinions. Old yeah, Navy, just opinions. <laughs> but however, Old Navy, I'll talk to you guys. You did do Old Navy did do a whole body positivity campaign where they celebrated like, look, we carry sizes for everybody in store, and for a couple months they carried up to a size 4X, which is what I wear at Old Navy. The sizing's a little bit smaller, but um, I was so excited to be like, if I you know got invited out to dinner, I could run to Old Navy and get a shirt that fit me, and then all of a sudden they started taking it. They took 3 and 4X out of their stores. Um, I'm not going to tell you how many times I cried to Old Navy employees because I'm like, you you literally just had a campaign. Your bags, your signs, your internet advertisements, everything. And now you kind of just took it away. Makes you wonder what was
0: the purpose of that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they claim that they didn't sell enough 3X and 4Xs in store, but the average size of women in the country is like a size 16, it you know, is, like but people don't realize that, yeah. Yeah, so but the f- fact that they don't sell larger clothes the larger clothes is, I don't know, when most people in the world are buying
0: larger sizes. Well, I do have some good uh, news for you because I'm a bit of a shopaholic, uh-huh. and I love to shop on a budget. Um, Old Navy, the larger sizes, right, Are you can find them. 3X, mm-hmm. 4X, I see them all the time. You know where? Where? On the clearance rack on at Burlington. <laughs> Burlington. They no. have they have yoga pants for like three ninety nine in a size four X and they are so cute. I was like, oh damn, like they the my size.
1: <laughs> All the ones that Old Navy took out of their stores There are go. And then, Burlington, so you gotta go
0: to Burlington. I'm not even kidding. Okay. Yes, Angie Shake. We, yeah. If there's one thing we know here at Four Bronx is how to shop. So and I how to shop on a budget. Racks. Those have, clearance racks. I have short patience except for those clearance racks. I'll oh. be there for $3. 3 hours. Yours. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, other than that, like, you know, but even still, it's not so, when you go shopping, it's not really, you got Torrid, mm-hmm. you got Lane Bryant, they're a little bit better. But, like, I can't shop online. My body fluctuates and mm-hmm. I'm different sizes and, you know, I can't dedicate myself yeah, and sizes
1: yeah. are completely made up. They're completely arbitrary. You can actually research the history for women sizes. Like, they're just made up. They chose, you know, like, a couple women that were, you know, like, white, you know, Western, Eastern European descent, Western European descent women, And they measured them, and they're like, okay, this is the typical body size now. Right. You know, there was no variation. And so because that doesn't work, because obviously women are not all the same size. Or the same shape. Or the same shape. Companies have just been arbitrarily making things. And that contributes a lot to, you know, us hating our bodies. Because it's like, what? We wear this size now. When it's completely made up, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Right, right. So I want to like backtrack a little bit because we could talk about this. Yeah, I feel like this podcast might go on for. Okay, so you backtracked, right? You're a teacher. Yes. And when did you have this idea for Fat Femmes? Because this is why we're here. So how did this happen?
1: Um, Well, the internet, the fat community on the internet started, there has been fat community on the internet to backtrack for years now. Um, and within the last couple, maybe even, like, ten years, I'm not quite sure, we've started, you know, like, meeting in public and having in-person gatherings. Um, Fat Babes Club of Columbus was one of the first to kind of, you know, really gain attention. They were one of the first groups to do, like, the big fat pool parties and things like that. Um, And so seeing their presence online and what they were doing I wanted to get involved in that. And when I moved to New York City, I assumed, you know, living in New York City, there would be a lot of fat community. And there wasn't. And I don't want to say that there isn't other fat community because there's a great group, I'll plug them, called New York City Plus. Okay. And they do a lot of uh, really great events, you know, like parties and um, beach events and things like that. Um, but I really wanted to focus on fat liberation and fat activism. And when I didn't see that, um, nothing happened for about seven years. Nothing happened. I was kind of hoping it would start and it didn't. And then, um... Over this summer, I actually started a random Instagram called, I think, like, Fat Babes of Brooklyn when I was living in Brooklyn. What up, Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Crown Heights, Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Yeah. But I never used it because I chickened out. And then one day I went to the Instagram and it had like 400 followers. Oh wow. On this page that I had never there was like one post on it that was like I don't care about your diet Karen or something like that. Uh. And all of a sudden there were like hundreds of followers and I was like Oh, like maybe there are people that are interested. So um, it was really, you know, my my partner, my boyfriend, is wonderful, and he really encouraged me to, you know, try it, start it. And so in June, I started this Instagram. I changed it to Fat Femmes NYC and started, you know, posting just fat liberation, body positive things, and people started you know, commenting and interacting. And that's when I realized maybe I could get people to come in person. So I advertised my first meeting. We did it in Brooklyn and like fifteen people showed up. And I was in tears because this was a group that I started for me that I needed. And I really didn't think that other people would show up. Right. And the fact that other people showed up and said to me, like, wow, thank you. I really needed this or I've really wanted this. Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about I'm getting goosebumps. It. Yeah. Because it's like, it, it's been crazy. It's been so meaningful for me and such a crazy journey since June. Right. And now how many followers do you have? Um, yesterday, I think we hit 2,700.
0: <laughs> hey! <Hey-hey>! Yeah! <laughs> That's awesome, and you actually had an event yesterday. You want to speak about it a little bit? We did yesterday. We had our first ever. We called it our
1: big fat swap and pop up. Uh huh. Um, it was first a plus size clothing swap because that hasn't happened in New York City in maybe like seven years, five years, oh or something. Believe it or not, um, and there's a high demand for it. Um, I can talk about that in a minute. Remind me why there's such a high demand for it. But we also had a pop-up where we had about a dozen vendors. And my um, my thing for having vendors is that they had to be fat, a person of color, LGBTQ, or disabled. So they had to be, my vendors had to be some sort
0: of marginalized voice. Cool. That is so awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. Now, what do you define as fat? Um... Well, And is this word, for, because we get a negative connotation mm-hmm. with this word. So what would you describe at, like, what, which, oh my I'm knocking the microphone over. <laughs> what would you consider to be fat, like make a person fat? And then what is the deal with the word? Why did you decide to use it? Yeah. Um,
1: I have been terrified of the word fat my whole entire life because Same. it's been used as an insult. And that's how many larger bodies feel. Um... But I truly believe, as I've started doing this work, that there's nothing wrong with the word fat. And if we continue to not use it and be afraid of it, that only perpetuates that. That means that, you know, kids that are born now and grow up in larger bodies are going to continue to be afraid of the word fat. Whereas with my middle schoolers, I tell them, like, I'm fat. I, I actually, you know, 10-year-olds, they don't understand, but I'm like, I'm fat. Beauty is a social construct. Like, it's, it's okay. And just the fact that, you know, society might be telling them a different message all the time, but just that they're hearing it from at least one person, right? That, that makes a difference. So, you know, a lot of the people that I work with in the online community, that's why we've chosen to use the word fat. We understand that not everyone is there, Not everyone is okay with using that word or describing themselves as fat, and that's okay. Um, You know, people use plus size, you know, curvy, BBW, you know, you hear all those words, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine, but I truly believe that we need to take the stigma and the fear out of the word fat and that it's just a descriptor some people are thin there's nothing wrong with saying someone is thin so why should there be something wrong with saying someone is fat right
0: yeah um, Sorry, I completely forgot the other part. No, of it's question. okay. It's, no, it's okay. No, what was it? So oh. what do you consider someone, let's say I want to be a vendor. Yeah. But like, so what's fat to you? Yeah. Well, for our clothing swap, uh-huh. we said
1: size extra large and above. Okay. So typically that's what we would say, you know, if you are size extra large and above. There are people that are size extra large that don't consider themselves fat. That's fine. I mean, there are people that are even larger than that and don't want to, you know, identify as plus size or you know as fat, and that's fine. Like I, I don't think it's for me to say if you know someone wants to identify as fat or not. I think that we typically say size extra large or above, but within the fat community, we really push for the most marginalized voices to be heard. Right. And our most vo- ma- most marginalized voices within the fat community are, they're ca- a lot of times um, there's like a fat spectrum. They're referred
0: to as, you know, like infinifat. I was going to ask you this because I'm like, do, do the, the folks that are bigger, do they shame the ones that are not as big? Like, how does this No, work? no,
1: no. It's really... Um, the thinner that you are, the smaller that you are, the more privilege you have, the more you can go into a store or go online and buy your clothes, the more you can go into a restaurant and fit in a chair or in the bathroom. Um, so the larger bodies, they don't have that privilege. A lot of our larger bodies, you know, like use mobility aids or don't drive or, um, you know, like can't go into any restaurant and sit down and fit in a chair. And so we really prioritize amplifying their voices. So there's there is a spectrum. And I don't want to say like the most important voices are the largest, but it's important to hear those largest voices Mm -hmm. because they're not heard
0: otherwise. Absolutely. So if that I don't know if that makes sense. There's not It does, it does. It does. Yeah. No, it definitely does um, because there are different spectrums and different uh, layers of the onion of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I want to talk about some things that I have experienced as a plus size person. Okay. And just because I just want to do this, and we'll do like a lightning round mm-hmm. because there might be people listening to this that may be too shy or too embarrassed to talk about it. So we are just going to throw everything on the table Let's here, do it. okay? So number one and I'm just thinking of this the top mm-hmm. of my head I have no book here I'm just a lunatic okay so number one uh chub rub summertime <laughs> we've all had chub rub chub rub is when your thighs run to- rub mm-hmm. together okay now when, let me tell you this is painful af yep <laughs> burn yep. baby burn I sure wrote a whole song about it wait watch this so what do you use for this So, I will... I know there's some plus-size sis out there listening like, yes, talk about this. I don't have it. I'm rummaging through my purse right
1: now because I thought I had it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I wear shorts that... I try to wear longer shorts. Mm -hmm. So, if I'm wearing like a dress or something, I always wear shorts underneath it to prevent the chub rub. Like biker shorts, right? Yeah, yeah. Those little biker shorts, you can get them. Um... I there are some good products now. There are there. I think Mega Babe is That's one of I'm them. Looking, I'm googling it now. <laughs> yeah, it's in Target. It's like a deodorant. Yeah, stick. Yeah, it's like a yeah. deodorant stick. You can rub it on. Um, I was just at Philly Fat Con two weeks uh-huh. ago, and um, a I got the I pay I paid for like the VIP ticket, so I got a swag Ooh. bag with some Mega Babe in it, and yeah. So there's actually a lot of options now, or a lot more. options options people are paying attention to the chub rub because it is
0: very painful yeah talk about painful you go to miami beach in july (laughs) and you walk there in those shorts oh Oh my god all right so that's number one number two when you go on an airplane and you need a seatbelt extender so (sighs) how do you do this without making the most commotion do you do it in the beginning when you go on
1: yeah, um, so I will tell you first that when this, when I first started flying, I was terrified. It was like the most embarrassing thing in the world for me to ask for a seatbelt extender because specifically flying, there's kind of such a stigma against being a bigger body flying. Um, I ask now when I enter, when you get right on the plane, you know, there's typically like a stewardess or someone there to greet right, you right. and I just say like right away, hey, can I get a seatbelt extender Right. and they, you know, like it's private, it's just you and them and they will tell typically bring it to you it's funny because like they think there's embarrassment among it so they're like on the sly kind of handed to you underneath because they don't want other people to see it mm-hmm. um sometimes larger bodies buy their own seatbelt extenders because they're so afraid of asking but you don't have to do that don't do that use the planes it's safer just ask i know it seems really embarrassing but they have them for a reason
0: right yeah. right um and then so, you know, going into a restaurant and not having a sturdy chair and worrying about when you're eating, is a chair going to mm-hmm. break up? There was a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. What was that movie called? Shallow do me started on oh, Shallow How. Oh, God. Please don't. No, remember that scene where the chair broke? And Yeah,
1: yeah. That, I mean, and that's a real thing i mean we could have a whole podcast on shallow hell and 90s fat phobia movies if no, you I bet, want to I you yeah all of them all of them even if you go back and watch them there's like heavyweights the yeah don't yeah. get me started but um that's a real thing for me my experience is often when i go to restaurants and there are arms on the chairs okay so there have been times where you know i end up with like welts on the sides of my, like the outside of my thighs, because they're pressing, like the bars are pressing into my legs, and that's pretty common, I've also gone to a lot of restaurants, specifically, you know, the outdoor ones now, Um. that have those terrible little flimsy chairs, Um, plastic chairs, they look like plant stands or something like that, (laughs) like the little folding (laughs) ones, sorry, Um, and no, it's like a real fear, I, um, you know, I typically will try to sit on them and hope that they don't break. A lot of people that are better advocates for themselves will ask for a better chair. They'll ask for a sturdier chair, they'll ask for a bigger chair, and that's something that, like, to be honest, I'm still working on. I'm still a little bit nervous about that, going right. into a, a restaurant and having to be like, hey, can I get a better chair? But, You should, I'm saying this, that you should do it. And I'm working up to that point where hopefully I can. Because if you're paying to be in an establishment, you should be able to sit in the chair. You should not be uncomfortable when you're paying for a meal
0: right so do you tend to go to certain places because of the setup
1: of it yes I mean I will go to places obviously where I'm where I'm comfortable it's a lot less anxiety than showing up to a new place but I'm also fortunate that at my size I mean um, I'll tell you guys I'm five six I'm uh, like 320 pounds um, I've always been plus size but I'm fortunate enough that I can still go in and sit in most chairs even if there's welts in my legs mm-hmm. you know even if it is a tight fit or I feel uncomfortable I can still do it there are larger bodies where you know you need to scope out a place before you go there you need to call and ask what are the chairs like something that never even occurred to me until I started hanging out with more fat bodies were restrooms when you go into a restroom is the rest
0: can you fit in the stall sometimes the stalls are and, like, the airplane bathroom. Yeah, yeah, or the, yeah,
1: those little tiny restaurants sometimes where you just have to, like, open yep. the wood and squeeze in. And that's a thing that I hadn't considered because although it's uncomfortable for me, I can make it work. Right. I hadn't even thought about the fact that there are people that go to restaurants and can't use the bathroom because it's not accessible to them.
0: Right, right. Um, I just had an amazing idea. I don't mm-hmm. know if this happened before. I'm just like, you should have a fashion show at your next clothing swap, and then people can, like... Take the clothes the models wear? That would be so Just cool. Just saying, I love that. People would really be into
1: that too. Because um, believe it or not, fat bodies love to show off. and we Oh, honey,
0: I'm here to for that.
1: We love to celebrate our bodies and we look really good doing it. So that would actually be that would be super cool. That's something that we're trying to with Fat Femmes NYC. We're really trying to incorporate Mm -hmm. more events where we're putting fat bodies out there.
0: I have to say for me personally, I'm not really comfortable wearing patterns or color. Mm -hmm. I tend to wear a lot of black. And like, did you go through that phase? And then when did you get over it? Because you're so vibrant, you're wearing a leopard dress, green sweater, <laughs> yes. Um,
1: yeah, again, it was really seeing fat bodies. um, And seeing, wow, like, people that are fat
0: can look beautiful and stylish. And- yeah,
1: it was really, you know, like, for me, it was like those tight dresses or the tight skirts mm-hmm. where you see people's, you know, you see the belly. Right. And for me, it was like, oh, my God, I can't let anybody see that. I can't. No. And then I see people, you know, on Instagram, or I see people in public that are wearing those things. I'm like, oh my god, you look hot! It looks really good, and that has kind of given me the confidence. Someone else suggested, and this might be good for you: mm-hmm. wear it around the house. Okay. Like wear it around the house. Look in the mirror. Get comfortable with it before you wear it out in public. I've done that sometimes with like shorts. Mm -hmm. If I feel like they're a little bit short or something like that, wear it around the house, get comfortable with it because a lot of times we are so scared of what other people think. Mm -hmm. But once we put it on and we're comfortable in it and we see how good we look, it's a lot easier to go out.
0: What helped me a lot was years ago when YouTube was like this, like now it's more TikTok, but mm-hmm. like when YouTube was the thing, I would follow these plus size influencers. So I actually went to a meetup in Harlem like years ago. I don't know. Do you know a lot of them? Probably not. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. But, um, they did this like meet and greet and I actually mm-hmm. went and it was actually kind of cool. Yeah. It was cool.
1: It's so cool for me to see for like the first time I had my meeting and people showed up to be like, wow, like look at these people wearing things that right, that I would love to wear but didn't think I could. And that really was just like and again, Instagram, I follow, you know, I mainly only follow specifically on the Fat Femmes NYC Instagram, you know, plus-size people rocking, you know, killing life. Right. And a lot of times there are posts where they're talking about, you know, fat phobia and things they deal with, but That's also good to hear too. Like it's so it's I don't want to say it's so nice to hear because it's not nice, it shouldn't happen. But it's it's validating, I guess, to hear that other people still struggle the same way that I do sometimes, you know, with body image. It's nice to
0: be it's nice to be amongst people with the same interests. I don't want to say problems, but you can connect on this level and learn from each other. So it's nice. Yeah. We actually had identity here. Um, do you know identity? They're no. a performer, they were at Pride and um, they um, do like uh, pronouns. Oh I and do remember. remember, now. remember? Yes. So they have this thing, it's you know, uh, queer Ooh. You should use fat instead we- of fat phobia we oh I you know like I mean? that Yeah.
1: we use we try to use fat joy a fat lot joy. a lot of times you know like fat joy things like that unapologetically fat a lot of people even use um, glorifying obesity because that's something a lot of times that people tell you know fat bodies like you're glorifying obesity right. like you shouldn't exist or what an unhealthy you? lifestyle yeah that it's like no like I'm glorifying this like look at me like I am obese mm-hmm. you know according to you I am obese and I'm glorify I'm living my best yeah life. why
0: should you wait to live when you lose weight or gain weight mm-hmm. why should you wait to live now I think did you ever do weight watchers? When I was, like, 10. Okay, my mother put me in Weight Watchers. Shout out, Mom. I love you. Yeah. I still turned out all right. <laughs> Talk about, speak about traumatizing. Yep. Being, like, publicly weighed in every week, and then your body naturally fluctuates. Like, me, I gain eight pounds when, I, when I'm on my period. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my, like, I'm embarrassed, and, I mean, that was really traumatizing for me, I have to say. For you? Yeah. I
1: mean, I was probably 10. I think I did Weight Watchers a couple times, but, you know, in late elementary school, middle school- um and it was like first of all to be around like
0: old women yes. or older women. Well now it's different with the app. That's yeah. Here you have. Here take my mic. You no, take no, my mic. This <laughs> is Angie. Me. No, I right have No, no cuz I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. No, take house, no, no, I'm wondering mm-hmm. All right, so I
1: just wanted to know what was the youngest age of the member of your group. Yeah. Um that's a good question. So Right now, it's pretty much been the youngest people have been in their 20s. We've done some things at bars, so 21 plus. But ideally, we really want to start doing events that are open to people of all ages. It's really important to me as a teacher that I'm creating spaces for fat, young bodies to exist safely in.
0: Right, right. I know, because, like, you know, we, I think we started this struggle, you and I. not I don't want to say struggle. That's the wrong word. This journey of self-love and acceptance. When we were kids, mm-hmm. we struggled with our body image. So, you know, having a place for fifth graders, like it's it's nice. You know, it's nice for them to feel part of something. Now, speaking of groups, let's talk about dun 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 the Riverdale Facebook group. Oh no! Oh no. <laughs> now. They can be very beneficial in many ways, like promoting uh, businesses or promoting, you know, local initiatives, getting to know your neighbors, but it also comes with a, uh, how would you describe this?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, with every good comes, you know, there's some, there's some bad that comes with unfortunately. <sighs> people are flawed Um, and unfortunately I think that shows up on the internet a lot
0: right now shout out to the moderators of the Riverdale Facebook groups you guys are doing an amazing job it's just yes so (laughs) how do I even begin this I need a cocktail but people can be mean yes okay now you've had run-ins on this group yourself correct yeah and you've disagreed with people in this group and one guy even made a comment about your weight, correct? Oh, I've had multiple people make
1: comments about my weight in the Riverdale group. Um, The interesting thing about being a fat body is that, you know, even behind a keyboard, that's still the first insult that people come to. You know, as soon as I say something that people disagree with, they click on my profile, they see that my body is larger, and they come back with, you know, oh, well, nobody wants you anyway, or oh, you look like you, somebody said to me, oh, you look like you
0: frequent the restaurants in Riverdale all the time. And I've seen this with my eyes. You sent me these messages, and I have to say that as a community ultimately together we can do better it's not the majority mm-hmm. I think it is um, a small group of people but they tend to be the loudest but they're not the strongest
1: and that's unfortunate because Riverdale is a really great pit place and there's a lot of really great things like you said that happen you know in the community and online
0: right I think this cyber bullying it needs to stop I think it needs to be more um I mean I don't even know what to say like it's just keyboard warriors need to quit it they need to quit it so you know what would you say to a a keyboard warrior quote unquote that you know before they say words like this to anybody for anything Mm -hmm. they should think about it because it affects people
1: yeah, definitely. Like, I think that people forget that, you know, there are human beings that right. they're actually talking to. Just because you're typing into a screen and you're not physically interacting with someone doesn't mean that it's not a real person. Um, I know that we've spoken before about all the anonymous posts, oh. you know, people that want to post anonymously and kind of, like, talk trash on other people and other businesses and other, you know, things in the area, like... You're not fooling anybody. You know, if you're anonymous, it's because you're a coward and you know you did something wrong.
0: Exactly. It's like I mean, I could open a pizza shop tomorrow, right? And then just say, "Oh, ABC Pizza, like my competitor, I found like a hair in the food or a roach." And there's people that actually will believe this without doing their research and start boycotting a local small business because of nonsense. And I think that it's so not nice. I think running a business or you know being a person doing anything is hard enough as it is why make it so much harder for people so at least if you're going to post have the the guts to put your name if that's what you feel and stamp stamp your name on your
1: opinions yeah and uh, my other thing would be like find a better way to have a disagreement than to name call Exactly. But again, you know, like if your first instinct is to call me fat and to make fun of me, rather than to have an intelligent conversation, I know that either you don't have valid points, or you're incapable of having an intelligent conversation.
0: Right. Right. So I think as a whole, we all can try to be a little bit nicer um, to people because you don't know what people are going through. Um, speaking of that, now there are people right now as we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. that are struggling with their weight. They're at a low point. They are thinking about harming themselves uh taking their life or maybe you know just not eating tonight or throwing up their dinner Mm -hmm. because of their weight what would your advice now we're nowhere near health professionals here uh but what would your advice be to someone going through this right now
1: yeah um again yeah nowhere near health professionals but from my own experience you know i've been there um and i think it sounds cliche, but, like, the LGBTQ community coined, like, it gets better, that phrase, and it does get better. I promise you that it does, but I know that when you're in the, the midst of those feelings, that's, that's really hard to acknowledge, you know, that one day it might get better. So, I would say, um, the first thing, I guess the easiest thing is surround yourself with positive images, you know, positive, larger bodies, people that love their bodies, people that are not talking about weight loss and diet culture. On Instagram, you know, there's this amazing fat community you know, fill your feed with pictures of beautiful bodies that look like yours, celebrating themselves, so that you, you know, remind yourself that yeah, like that's you too. You can do that. You should do that.
0: Do you have any um, accounts that you suggest people like follow, other than Fat Fems NYC? Of yeah, course. I mean, definitely. I
1: mean, I would say honestly that. Um, so in New York City, I said there, I think I mentioned there's another um, group, New York City Plus, that okay. does events. And the person who runs that event is, uh, her name is Sarah, but her Instagram is Curvally. Um And she does amazing, amazing, amazing um plus size fashion blogging and like trying on clothes and she's right in New York City um Jordan Hall is another New York City influencer who is not so much into fashion but really into like fat advocacy right so there's so many people and that's just New York City like this the whole world there are now groups and there's people so it's not you know there's a the original people, you know, like T- uh, Tess Holiday. I remember. She was kind of one of the first accounts, you know, that kind of blew up where people was like, oh, my God, look at this beautiful fat body. So, yeah, there's there's tons. Once you start following, you know, the algorithms, you'll get more and more, and that, that's important. But there's a second part that I have to that, you know, my message to someone aside from surrounding yourself with these, you know, positive messages, would be remembering that, you know, the feelings are, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're feeling this way about your body. And it's not your body that's the problem. We are constantly made to feel that our bodies are the problem, but that's what society tells us. You know, we, um, your, your feelings have to you have to change your perception about your body. And
0: it's just yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, like um, you know, there was a thing about like roller coasters, right? Roller coasters may not be the most Oh yeah. That I was talking about thing. that before. This
1: idea of, yeah, that it's that it's not you. I would say, um too, that reminds me of the other thing that I was gonna say. But yeah. Um the idea of like roller coasters and things not being accessible in the world and it making you feel bad about your body. I was talking um, to Laura previously. Um, my partner and I both love to go on roller coasters, but you know, he can fit on them and I I can't. So it's it's been something that has been, you know, I've, I felt really bad about that. But this, you know, coming up this winter, we're going to Disney. And oh, Disney, exciting. Disney's rides are all accessible. Really? So it's not, you know, not all of the... I don't want to say all their rides, but plugging Disney here. Disney is probably one of the most fat-friendly places you can go to vacation. Where almost I could... Me as you know a 320 330 pound person can ride every single ride just about, and so you know I want people to know that it's not your body that's the problem; it's that other people aren't willing to accommodate your bodies for whatever reason, for fat phobia, for capitalism, you know, for whatever reason.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. I think you know, kind of flipping back for me, what helped me, maybe you would agree or disagree with my body image was following these youtubers like about 10 years ago Mm -hmm. back in the days when it was youtube before tiktok and like you see these women and like some of them have like well not some of them but some of them have like really um attractive uh, partners in their life you Mm -hmm. know that are so supportive and like like gush over them so i think that was like a big you know boost for me
1: yeah Yeah. i mean again that's Seeing, I mean, seeing fat bodies do so many things online, yes, but then also this idea that, yeah, like, there are fat bodies that have, you know, that are beautiful, that have stunning partners, that, you know, have great jobs, that are successful, that, you know, like, it's not... It ha- but seeing those online, you're right, have been like the most helpful things for me. And it's been, you know, I grew up with that fat community kind of being like elusive online. Right. I had to look for it when I was in it wasn't even something I was aware of, you know, in middle school In high school. I started kind of finding it via Twitter And then, you know, through these, you know, plus-size YouTubers, through the Tess Holidays and the other plus-size models, um, it's really blown up. And we've started to have these in-person groups. And it's so nice to know that now it's not just, you know, online where we're watching these videos and seeing these people. You know, we have these groups and these gatherings where... Uh, specifically me with the events that I've been you know doing and getting to go to now I'm meeting these people in real life
0: that's amazing yeah and it makes you feel like you're not alone there's a community you know of people that feel the same way and and you guys can help each other. Any group sort of you know situation like mm-hmm. hearing other stories it helps people with their own journeys. So speaking of groups, mm-hmm. you had your group had a clothing swap yesterday, yeah. correct? Yes, we did. And what was this event?
1: Okay, so um, it was our first clothing swap event. We called it our Big Fat Swap and Pop Up um, because it was a plus size clothing swap for sizes XL and above, all the way to a 6X. I believe we had. Um, And then we also had about a dozen vendors who were all um, either fat, disabled, queer, LGBTQ, um, a person of color. So any type of marginalized voice, we really wanted to make sure that we were amplifying those as our vendors. And
0: you organized this entire thing? I did. It's amazing, oh my god. It's like Andy Cohen, mazel, mazel.
1: Yeah, but we had like over 100 people come through and this is what
0: I'm saying. You think that what you're doing is not important and not making an impact, but look at that. You had 100 people show up to this event, 12 vendors. I mean, you really should be proud of yourself. Yep. Yep. Seriously. No,
1: well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And plus size clothes are expensive, lady. No, but let me tell you, that's what made the swap so cool because, you know, like as a plus size person, our clothing is so expensive, it's so hard to come by. We get some awesome pieces. So, like, literally, you know, I had the burlesque community people there. No. They were no, so we had like $100 gowns that people were exchanging,
0: evening gowns, like evening gowns. Oh, I got you got Oh my god, I got to go to this next time. No, like f- like
1: fringe and like sparkles and ah! No, it was it was crazy. Shout out to uh, Lillian Bustle. She's part. Of, she works with like the. Uh,
0: she's a dr- uh, burlesque performer. Well, let me tell you something. If you got any burlesque outfit for me that fits me, honey, I'll be swinging from the chandeliers of saints and scholars. Shout out to Aiden, my boss. We're having a burlesque show. <laughs> no, seriously. Let's let's do it. Let's do. it. Yeah, better. no, seriously. And and what's amazing is how many bags do you have left over in your car. I have like over a dozen, probably like fourteen or so and you decided to donate to the four bronx Mm -hmm. to the homeless shelters that we work with and i want to thank you so much because about i want to say back in may for mother's day i had a clothing drive and i had a mother who i had nothing for her she's a size 3x it was like the saddest thing and she's like do you even have like a men's 2x like why should we um you know what is what am i looking for you know why should that woman not be able to feel her best, right? Because of her size. So, thank you so much for donating these clothes and providing a more inclusive clothing drive for the different mamas at the shelters. And I have her exactly in mind. She is on the grand concourse, and we are coming. So you better have some bags of three X. We got. Well, first of all, that's my size,
1: so I donated like half my own closet. So we got. We got you, girl. You. We coming we for you.
0: you. <laughs> She's so fabulous. She has like her makeup. Up and everything, I, I was can't like, wait
1: and that's it's so important because that was something you know that my group discussed that it is really difficult to get plus size clothes in general right. So when you are in a situation where you're struggling where you know like you don't have that extra to spend you know it's really difficult one of you know the members of our group was in a shelter as a child and said sweatpants yeah were what she got you know and so imagine imagine being a young fat girl and you know the challenges that already come from being fat already come from living in a shelter and now you have sweatpants to wear to school.
0: I know. So. I know I she sticks with me this girl. So we're going to I hope I hope that she's not there. I hope that she got out of mm-hmm. there. But if she's still there, she's going to be the best dressed in that shelter. Mark our words. Mm-hmm. So give us um, a plug. Where can we find you? If we want to contact you, is there an email? What do we do?
1: Yeah. So um, Instagram is our main platform. Okay. We are Fat Fems F A T F E M M mm-hmm. E S underscore N Y C. Um, check us out there. You can also uh, email us, fatfemsnyc, no underscore in that one, at gmail.com. But Instagram works. uh, Myself and my social media team are always on to answer messages. And I really, really, really want the group to be not us planning events. I want it to be fat people in the community coming to us and saying, hey, like this is what we want. This is what we want to see. This is the kind of event we want for us. We've had people request, you know, axe throwing, lingerie making. Oh
0: my God! We're bringing this to Riverdale, Katrina. No, this is coming.
1: But that's so, like, literally, if you are out there and you are listening and you want to get involved and you want fat community, even if you know you don't identify as fat or consider yourself fat or you're not there yet. That's okay. Like we have a that's my plug. We have a space for you.
0: That's amazing. That is so amazing. And um you live in Riverdale? I do. So, what are some places that you like to go with Mike? Yeah. So
1: um, I will say that as I was coming here, I passed Yo Burger Uh and Yo Burger is probably my favorite place (laughs) in um, Riverdale. I actually went there for dinner last night with my partner, Mike, and I told him that my favorite restaurants are ones that are like dessert based in premise Okay. So like friendlies, you know the ice oh, cream is friendlies! Like a, you know you go to Yo Burger. Uh-huh. It's you got you gotta get the frozen yogurt. Like you're at Yo Burger. Shout out
0: to Mario, owner of Yo Burger. Hey yeah, Mario. Thanks Mario. Have you met him? I haven't. I had to introduce you. Okay. Well, he owns Yo Burger and Salvat- Salvatore's of Soho. You know what? I
1: haven't been to Salvatore's. That might have to be a place that I try
0: though. Yeah. And he's a very big um, community guy. For years, he's been doing such amazing things for the community. Okay. So.
1: We're end into the list then. Maybe this week. Yes. But. Um, um, I also have to shout out, though, I live up a little bit further north, closer to Mashaloo, and so I have to shout out Emiliano's Cannolis. Yes! are my favorite food in the world. Um, my partner works from home. When he does go to Emiliano's, which he does often, he always gets me a cannoli. He forgot once and it was not it was not a good time for him it will never ever
0: happen he's again. actually here right now in the office and that's he looks like he's in trouble i'm sorry mike <laughs> <laughs> he's like sweating over there no, don't yeah. ever forget that cannoli you
1: hear me <laughs> no they're the seriously i mean like, everything is wonderful there but it's even there's so many wonderful places in riverdale that's one of the coolest things about moving up here i you know there's so many interesting and unique places that I didn't expect.
0: Right. Now, what's one thing you love about Riverdale overall? And what's one thing that you think we can improve on or you would like to change? Um, honestly... Thinking about this,
1: one of the things that I really love about Riverdale, Laura, I would say, is like you and people like you. Aww, Um, no, really, because it's some of the some of the things that makes Riverdale the coolest are, you know, things like that you do, and events that the community does, and events when the community comes together, like your Pride event, or you know, like the um, the fridges that we have, you know, things like that in the community. Um, The community does come together to oh, help definitely. each other yes. and that is one of my favorite things above it you know I belong to like the Riverdale buy nothing group great group yeah and I, you know people are constantly will. someone you know asks for like a couch or a crib and like five people are like here let me help you I'll bring it to you can I clean it you know yeah people are so kind and that's uh one of the things I love about Riverdale most
0: right and what's one thing you think we can change or work on oh uh, um.
1: <laughs> that's the people. I already said, you know, the people are very kind. But I think also, you know, traditionally Riverdale has been kind of a very like insular, close knit community. Um, and I think it's the community slowly changing. You know, it's the. The New York, what was, you know, Manhattan, we've seen slowly spreading out across Brooklyn and Queens and, you know, now up here in the Bronx. And it's a lot more diverse. And I think that there's a lot of people in Riverdale that haven't been exposed to that diversity yet that are you know, struggle with change sometimes. You know, there's always going to be people in any sort of community when new things happen, people that are reluctant to that just because change is hard. Change is scary. Um, But, like, it comes to a point where that's not okay. Like, change is scary, but when your fear of change is harming someone else or, you know, um, I don't know, like making someone else feel bad I guess I don't know if that you know um when your fear of change is excluding others let's say that right when your fear of change is excluding others then like that's not okay you need to get over yourself a little bit and so I think that that the people of Riverdale are wonderful but I think that there are some people that need to be a little bit more open to you know the diversity and the great things that are
0: happening in this community I, this is just so well said mm-hmm. so I've really really enjoyed this podcast yes. we're going to go now and look at these burlesque costumes yo um, so what's your Instagram one more time for the people
1: yeah fatfems underscore NYC check us out let us know if you have events come say hi yeah
0: just do it Katrina thank you so much for coming and telling your story um, if you have a story that you'd like to share with us please email me at laura the number 4bronx at com. until next time Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laurafourbronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.